welcome to SoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. My name is Tara Tucker. I'm going to be your host today. I'm so glad that you have come to visit us here at Sounding the Light Podcast. I hope that you enjoy what you hear today. If you do, you are more than welcome to check out all the artist interviews that we already have on here. And you're also always welcome to come back and visit us anytime. Uh, there's always new things being added. So uh, it's, it's a great, great place to be here on SoundingTheLight.com. We have got some changes going on, as you can see. Um, If you have been to this site before, our site looks a little bit different. We've changed it in the last couple of months. And also, there's a couple new things. Some of the Sounding the Light artist interviews have been highlighted on a local radio station on New Life FM. With the new mornings host, Pete Shagnon. That is, if you're in the local area of South Atlanta, on your dial is 90.7, 91.7. If you're not in the area, you can always go to the homepage of Sounding the Light and on the rotation of pictures, click on the banner that says New Mornings and uh, it'll take you straight to the streaming there. I am actually on there now every other Friday between 8 and 9 in the morning and, uh, you know, me and Pete to have a chance to talk a little bit and uh, share some of the highlights of some of the artists here right from the STL podcast. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I hope you can join us sometime. Today, I have a great interview to share with you. I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Dan Dunahoo the other night right here in my studio, and uh, he is a painter and a potter. I know that here on Sounding the Light, we have been used to hearing from musicians and singer-songwriters, but I am pleased to say that we will be expanding our horizons into more creative outlets, such as art and uh, writing, um, poetry, things like that, because all of these things I see as different branches of art and creation that can reflect um, God's spirit through it. So I'm, I'm very excited to be expanding a little bit. So as I mentioned before, I had an interview with Dr. Dan Dunahoo, which I will be playing here in just a few minutes. Before I do, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He has his doctorate in art and he was a high school art teacher for 28 years. <laughs> and uh, he still lives in uh, the same area that he did when he was art teaching. So basically, um, you know, if, if he goes around anywhere, everybody knows Dr. Dan, loves Dr. Dan. He's a, he's a really, uh, has a great personality, just loves to um, connect with people. And he loves to paint and is amazing at it. Uh, he's also a potter um, and a photographer. And he has uh, just recently actually expanded his artistic skills into poetry and, uh, and songs. So I was very, very happy to have him as a guest on Sounding the Light. Um, in some ways, his life road has not been an easy one. Um, there's been some very difficult things that uh, God has required him to walk through. And he will be sharing a little bit of that with us. But through it all, he has come through it with such a spirit of um, peacefulness and joy. And, uh, and I really highly respect that about him. So without further ado, we'll get into the interview. So Dan Dunahoo, welcome to the STL studio. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really glad you got to be here. So you know, let's just go start from the beginning. And I'm gonna ask you where you were born. 
I was born in Thomaston, Georgia. That's sort of more mid-Georgia, right? Yeah, central Georgia, they mm-hmm. call it. And uh, do you have a favorite memory, growing up memory? Not, not like a specific memory, but what I remember most about growing up in Thomaston. It, it was very idyllic. I was born in 1957, so mm-hmm. I grew up in the, in the 60s, basically. And it was uh, not quite like uh, Mayberry, <laughs> but in some ways, or, or like Leave it to Beaver, mm-hmm. but in some ways. And uh, one of my favorite memories uh, is just of, of, of all those years growing up was uh, my backyard was kind of the gathering place for the kids in the neighborhood because <laughs> my mother did not work outside the home. And she would let us do all kinds of things <laughs> in the backyard. We could build anything we wanted to. Awesome. We could we could we we cobbled together cars out of lawnmower wheels and pieces of wood and, <laughs> and we would take them out on the street and ride up and down the street. We would we would build airplanes nice. and fly them in the backyard. We built model rockets, and we'd shoot them in the backyard. <laughs> Did anything ever, you know, burn? Because no, of- <laughs> nothing like that. Now, now, well, one time, I, I have to tell you this story. Uh, I had built a model airplane with a little uh, alcohol fuel engine. Um, couldn't afford radio control equipment. Back mm-hmm. then, it was out of my league as a 13-year-old kid. <laughs> but the plane was built so that you could just crank up the engine and release it, and it would automatically sort of fly in circles. Hmm. I think the statute of limitations has run out, so I can tell you this. We went up to the <laughs> to the Methodist church, the first Methodist church in Thomaston, uh, out across from the hospital. And uh, there was a big field out behind the church, so we, we were flying the airplane, a friend of mine and I. And everything was great. The plane flew perfectly ran out of fuel, and then it would land. Mm -hmm. Well, it ran out of fuel, and it started descending, and it landed on top of the church, (laughs) on the roof, and came sort of skidding down the roof and got caught in the gutter. Well, my friend and I walked up to the building and looked at the downspout, and uh, I was a small child, and and this other boy was somewhat heavier. Uh He looked at me, and he said, you're going to have to do it because I would rip it off the wall. And so I shimmied up the downspout and reached up over my head and got the airplane out of the gutter. You actually got it? Yes. Wow. Risked my life for a $5 airplane probably. But that's the sort of thing we would do. Well, it's so good to still have you here with us today. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when did you discover art? I don't know exactly, uh, because I can always remember drawing (laughs) and building and constructing things. Uh, My mother encouraged me. She must have seen some, uh, I don't know, talent or ability or whatever, because she encouraged me, and I always had art materials around the house. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the first time I remember thinking much about it was I don't I think I was in about the fourth grade and I was drawing something one day it was too cold to go out for recess and we were inside so I was drawing and the the teacher came by and looked at it and she said I really like that drawing would you could I could I have it 
<laughs> and I thought, somebody actually wants this. I mean, <laughs> other than my family, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, but pretty shortly after that, I started taking some lessons. There was a, a lady in town who taught uh, art lessons. And so I started taking some lessons. And then in high school, I took art. Um, we had to wait until we were seniors in high school to take art. So I took took that one year of art in high school and then went off to college. And when they asked me what I wanted to major in, it was all I could think of. It's all I <laughs> you know, knew that I was good at. So uh-huh. I, I, I majored in art. Did you know when you were going through college that you were going to teach art or were you going to be an artist? I did not know that I was going to teach. Uh-huh until really uh, pretty far along in the process. I, I, I went for four years and got my bachelor's degree in mm-hmm. drawing and painting uh, and then decided to stay and, and get my master's degree also in drawing and painting. Mm-hmm. And in the second year of that master's program, I did start to think because at that point I was married mm-hmm. uh, and knew that I had to do something to support <laughs> uh-huh. a family. And uh, so I thought about a lot of things, but uh, teaching, you know, was sort of a natural. Uh, I had always hoped perhaps to teach at the college level, but knew I probably couldn't start with that right away. So um, towards the end of that master's program, I started taking a few education courses, getting myself ready just in case. Mm-hmm. And, Sure enough, when the time came and I graduated and I I, uh, applied for a couple of teaching positions and uh, the one in Pike County Mm -hmm. was available and interviewed and took the job and stayed there for 28 years. Again, I didn't start out to be a teacher, but once I got into it, I realized that it was really a calling Mm -hmm. and that, that I really got a lot out of it personally. Like, it's one of my greatest joys is to take someone and show them how to do something Hmm. that they've never done before and Mm -hmm. to see their success and to see them grow and everything. So uh, when, when people think of, you know, an artist, a lot of times we're kind of stuck in the, the painting mode, you know, Mm -hmm. we think of artists as paint on canvas, that kind of thing, but you do a whole lot of different kinds of art. Will you, will you share some about what you do? Right. Uh, Primarily, I'm a painter, but I also love uh, pottery. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was in school, um, I took almost all of my studio electives in uh, the ceramics area. So hmm. I, I spent a lot of time there making pots while I was in school. So I still love to do that. I love to take photographs. Uh, I design and build furniture. Nice. Uh, and even though I never became an architect, I'm, I'm, I'm something of an amateur. I, <laughs> I designed the house that we built. and that Which I is still, still one in. of my favorites. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Is there a time that you can remember that you had a, like an encounter with Jesus? Um, or, or do you just remember always growing up having knowledge of him and a relationship with him? Right. I did grow up in the church, uh, so from, a, you know, from the time I was born, mm-hmm. I, was, I was taken to church, so I, I definitely had that background. I remember, again, I don't know specifically, but about nine or ten years old, I came to believe and understand 
and and therefore believe I was saved at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not bring myself because I was an extremely shy <laughs> person, extremely shy. I could not bring myself to do what the Baptist Church requires in in that you have to walk down the aisle and make a profession <laughs> of faith because I was scared to death to mm. walk down in front of all those people. Mm. So it was a while before I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 17 years old mm. uh, before I could 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 make that step, but uh, I knew in my heart mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was I was painfully shy, socially awkward, would not really <laughs> talk to people other than my family uh, until I was well into high school, but... Um, I, I can still remember um, I walked down the aisle, finally got up the courage, walked down the aisle, told the pastor what I was doing. And uh, those of you who grew up in the Baptist church know that when one makes a profession of faith, then the pastor turns around and says to the congregation, Danny here has made his profession of faith. And all those in favor of accepting him into this, uh, say I, and well, he forgot to do that. <laughs> I don't know why, what was going on, but he forgot to do that. So you have never been officially accepted well, into... <laughs> we took care of it. Uh, that night, uh, that was in the morning, so that night he came... I was in the youth room downstairs. He came down to the room. I was playing pool, so he pulled me off the pool table, <laughs> sat me down, and said, Danny, you made your profession of faith this morning, didn't you? And I said, yes. And he said... And I forgot to do what I was supposed to do, didn't I? And I said, well, yes. I wasn't going to say anything, (laughs) but I I said, yes. And he said, well, you'll just have to come back next week. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which was not a problem by that point. Mm -hmm. uh, Because once I'd gotten over that hurdle, it was Mm -hmm. okay. So sure enough, I did. And he apologized (laughs) in front of the congregation. And we went through the motions that you go through. But... Anyway, but the other thing that happened shortly after that was uh, our youth choir was putting on a musical. Hmm. Uh, the uh, The name of the musical was Joy. And so I, I was participating in the choir, but I was not, you know, I never did solos or anything like that. I was mortified <laughs> to do anything like that. But we had a relatively new choir director, and he did not know how shy I had been growing up. So... When the time came for the musical, he asked me to do a part. Now, fortunately, it did not have a singing, you know, like a solo part. Mm-hmm. It was just a speaking part. Uh, but it was the lead. Hmm. You know, my old self would have said, there's no way. Uh-huh. I can't do that. Uh-huh. But without hesitation, I said, well, sure, I can hmm. do that. And a few days after that, my mother ran into the choir director and she said, are you sure he's going to do that? And so uh, after we actually did the musical, the first performance, she told the pastor, she said, I I just can't believe that he was able to do that. He's so shy. And the pastor said, well, it just means that there's been a change, Hmm. that it's real. Interesting. And I do attribute uh, my coming out of my shell Mm -hmm. to that. That's very interesting. I could never have become a teacher. I was going to ask you about that. I you could know, never, I could never have done some of the things I've done since then if wow. I had not gotten over that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God was really preparing was. you for what he wanted you I for. I didn't know it, Uh huh. but he was. 
So another interesting thing about that is that the name of the musical was called Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about why that's so interesting. That is interesting because at the time I had just become interested in a young lady uh, that I went to school with, went to church with, and her name was Joy. <laughs> and uh, she also got a speaking part in the in the play, in the production. And basically, we, we were a boyfriend and girlfriend in the play. Mm. Mm. And we had to hold hands. <laughs> and let's just say the sparks flew. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. We were married about four years later. Mm. Well, Dan, I know that a very difficult thing happened with Joy not too long ago. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about that with us? Um as I said, Joy and I were married in 1979 and had a, a wonderful marriage and life together. Uh, but around about 2006 or seven, we began to notice some uh, changes in Joy's, uh, I don't know, her, her, uh, her handwriting started to decline. And mm. After another year or so, she began to have trouble speaking. Uh, she couldn't always put words together, uh, which for her, she, she was an extremely intelligent and, and well-spoken person. And it, it, it just meant that we knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so uh, over those next two or three years, we went to doctors and no one could ever really put a, a, a handle on what was wrong. But Finally, in the summer of 2008, in July of 2008, uh, a doctor at Emory uh, was able to tell us what was wrong. Uh, it, it was a type of dementia called corticobasal degeneration. And uh, like a lot of degenerative neurological diseases, there's really no treatment and no cure for it. So the doctor made the diagnosis and told us that we had a few years, uh, but not too long. And so I was close to retirement anyway, uh, but I was able to make arrangements with the uh, by using my sick leave and, and some other things, uh, was able to make arrangements to retire after one more year after that diagnosis so the diagnosis was in 2008 and then i retired at the end of the 2009 school year basically to care for joy Mm -hmm. because she uh, very quickly declined and and needed uh, someone with her all the time so i I decided that that was that was my calling at that point in my life and so Mm -hmm. that's what i did it's it's got to be so barely touching the iceberg to ask how that impacted your life and your even your relationship with God or your art. People ask that a lot. You know, you get the questions like, well, did you ask God why or did you get angry or any of those kinds of things? And I can honestly say that, no, I did not have any of those kind of feelings. My feeling at the time was um, joy needs me. Hmm. And I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so uh, even on the day of the diagnosis, 
to show you how she took it. Uh, we were there at Emory University Hospital in Atlanta, and uh, on the campus of Emory, there's this wonderful uh, museum, the Michael Carlos Museum. Have a lot of ancient artifacts, Egyptian and Greek and Roman and things like that. And she was aware of the museum, had been a few times, and, and we actually we walked out of the doctor's office, and she said, let's go to the museum. Hmm. So we walked across and, and spent a couple of hours hmm. wandering around the museum, just looking at things and talking. And We got home that day, and we talked some about, uh, you know, what we needed to do. Uh, the doctors had advised us before we left the hospital that we needed to go home and take care of our affairs. It was a pretty you quick know, thing. Right. Make sure that there was a will and mm -hmm. a living will and, you know, advanced directives and all that kind of thing. Um, we didn't really talk driving home, but when we got home, we talked some. And, and the only things uh, she really said, because at that point she was already having some trouble speaking. So it, her conversation was not real fluid and, mm -hmm. and, and natural even at that point. But we sat down on the sofa and um, she said, well, I have to go into a home. And I said, not if I can help it. Hmm. And, uh, and she made the decision that she didn't want any extraordinary measures when the time came. So uh, uh, just settled all that. But, but she took it so well. Uh, she never complained about her condition or plight. Hmm. We did everything we could do to make our lives as normal as possible. Uh, you but, guys even uh, got to go on a couple of right. pretty memorable trips. We took a couple of trips to Italy. Which, where you did some, you took a beautiful picture of her and actually painted right. from that picture. It's and, probably one of the most realistic and most beautiful paintings I've, I've seen. Well, thank you. I, it's one of my favorites ob for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But yes, I, that was on our second trip. I took that photograph quite by chance. We were walking around the the cloister of a monastery in Florence, and uh, I was taking pictures. I take pictures everywhere I go, so she was a few feet away from me, just, you know, watching as I was taking the pictures of the building and the gardens mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing, and I sort of glanced over my shoulder and saw her, and as you see in the painting, uh, it's a real bright light shining mm -hmm. on her, so the sun had just come through and really picked her out against this fairly dark background. And I, I thought to myself, you know, that would make a wonderful picture. And so I turned and, and I, had, I barely got the picture before hmm. she moved. She didn't really realize I was taking her picture. And so she, you know, she was not, wasn't posing or anything, but I, I almost missed it. <laughs> and I'm so glad that oh, I yeah. got that shot because it, uh, it, it captures a lot of her uh, I mean, this is radio, so people can't see the picture, but uh, the background of the picture is uh, in this monastery. There are frescoes all over the place, and uh, in the background of the picture, the, the fresco that you see, sort of shady, a little bit out of focus in the background, is Christ on the cross. That's beautiful. So as you were painting that, I mean, I'm sure that took some time to get the kind of detail that you got in that painting, what you know? What are the feelings and the thoughts that were going through your head as you were painting that? It did take some time, and 
before I began the painting, I thought, this is going to be difficult mm -hmm. emotionally. Mm -hmm. But it turned out not to be. And, really? and I, I'm not sure. It could be just because once I got into the painting mode, mm -hmm. you know, maybe my <laughs> mind was just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm painting. And you're concentrating so much on the, the colors and the shapes and the how you're applying the paint maybe that's what it was or you know i don't know uh it was a wonderful memory mm -hmm. so in that sense it was a it was a pleasant thing to paint so did you paint that after she passed away yes or uh -huh. yes shortly after she passed away wow. she passed away in may of 2012 and I think I did that painting. I would have to go back and look at the date, but I think it was in the fall, mm -hmm. October, November of that year. You also started uh, another art form, which is writing, writing poetry. Yes. Um, had you written anything, you know, prior to this happening, or um, did that just kind of stem from that? You know, I had some experience, but I had not really written anything meaningful in, in years and years and years. But uh, I, I went back and looked at some of the poems last night so I could remember when I did write them. Uh -huh. And it was approximately two years ago. Really? So that would have yeah. been approximately a year after her passing. Okay. But uh, the way that happened, I was sitting at home one day and a few words just came into my head, phrases, and I started putting them down, and I realized that they were sort of the the root or the beginning of a poem, and so I wrote one, and just like for the next week or two, every time I sat down, words would hmm. come into my head, and I just started writing them down. Hmm. And... Uh, you know, I would work on them over the next few days. So, yeah, it was it was really unexpected to me. <laughs> yeah, there's some that are uh, very sweet and and uh, wistful and almost happy, and then there are some mm -hmm. that are pretty raw. Mm -hmm. uh, like about her is right. is one of those. And is is that just something that did that help you kind of work through some yes, of this? For sure. Mm -hmm. uh, about her uh, is is just that it's it's a poem about the things that you go through when mm -hmm. you've lost someone. I mean, obviously, I'm plenty of people out there have had the same experience I've had, but uh, I was just trying to put into words what what it feels like every day mm. to wake up mm -hmm. missing. You know, that, that person, that part of your life for so many years. After I had written the poems, and I, I sort of sat on those for a few, two or three months. I don't remember exactly, but um, I thought to myself, some of them look almost like they could be song lyrics. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I, I shared them with a few people, and they said, well, you know, maybe that might work. But nobody was catching, you know, the, the bug. <laughs> to help me put them to, to music exactly. So, I don't know, several months later, almost a year later, again, I was sitting there one day at home and thinking about the words 
And so finally, I just said to myself, well, if I wanted to hear this, what would it sound like? Mm -hmm. And so I just sort of started making up melodies in my head. And I came up with two or three that I thought were okay. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I was at a friend's house one evening, and I was explaining. She's a songwriter, singer. And I, I was at her house one night, and I was explaining what I was doing. And she said, well, let me hear one. And so I whistled <laughs> the tune uh, to her. And she said, well, that's kind of catchy. So she recorded it on her iPhone. I whistled it again <laughs> into her iPhone. And she took that um, melody, and she came up with an mm-hmm. arrangement mm-hmm. on the guitar uh, to play. That was actually Lizzie Bailey, who yes. we have had as, yes. a, as a guest on Sounding the Light. Yes, uh, Liz is a good friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the song called It Was You. Um, I'm actually going to be playing It Was You. Uh, this is the one that we were just talking about. It was done by Lizzie Bailey. Uh, <laughs> it is not, listeners, it's not studio quality, but it's such a great recording. It's just Lizzie with her guitar uh, just sitting there singing this, this great song. So uh, sit back. I hope you enjoy it. Once again, this one is called It Was You by Dan Dunahoo. great. Uh, And in the last few minutes, I would love to know what inspires you to 
to any of the art that you do, whether it's painting or photography or pottery? Almost always the subject matter for my paintings Mm -hmm. or drawings or uh, poems or songs are just things that are intensely personal and meaningful to me. Hmm. In, in other words, my a lot of times my motivation for doing the things is not, well, I hope somebody else likes this, or mm-hmm. I hope I sell this painting, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there's something in me that I want to say. Mm-hmm. Now, the good thing about that, I think, whether it's the visual arts or music or whatever, is that people can feel that. Yes. Or see that. Yes. If it means something to the artist, then that's going to come through. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I still, I'm, I'm, I don't sell much of my artwork. That's not my purpose. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do it for my own whatever enjoyment. And uh, if other people like it too, that's wonderful. That's mm-hmm. kind of a bonus mm-hmm. for me. What um, do you find the most therapeutic therapeutic that can vary too (laughs) Uh, there's something about throwing pots on the potter's wheel which is very therapeutic it's Uh it's physical but it's also visual you're using your whole body Uh, i use an old-fashioned kick wheel so it's (laughs) you know you're 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 it's a bit of a workout and um, when you're working with the clay you know, when you watch someone do it, it looks almost like it's magic, like their fingers right, are just yes. touching the clay, and it's just <laughs> it just seems so easy and uh, natural, and it just sort of flows. And it does when you know what you're doing. But what you can't tell sometimes from just watching is that it takes a great deal of strength mm-hmm. at certain stages, and it takes a great deal of finesse and touch at other stages. And so there are points when you're really working hard, you know, it's a physical thing Mm -hmm. and then there are other points where it's very calm and very quiet and very precise and you're you're having to be very gentle with the clay so it's it's a whole range of 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 uh expression going Mm -hmm. on there Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there are other times when painting will do the same thing for me Hmm. well dan thank you so much for for being here for sharing with us um i really appreciate you being open and uh and i really appreciate the art that you do it's just beautiful well thank you it's my pleasure listeners if you happen to be in the uh you know griffin pike county area um go to safe house coffee you can see some of dan's art there dan where else is is some of your art hanging is there any other places where people can go see it not at the moment it's at my house. <laughs> We're not going to come banging down your right. door. <laughs> but there will be other opportunities in the future. I, I don't know Okay. anything specific right now. Yeah, you know what? We'll just help people to stay in touch. So, uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. If you did, come back again. We will be back with uh, some more great artists, whether it's uh, you know art, whether it's music, whether it's writing. We've got it all right here on Sounding the Light. Once again, my name is Tara Tucker. Thank you so much. Have a great day.